listen now. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? So you never ever leave from beside me. Cause I want ya, and I need ya, and I'm down for you always. Hello, welcome to Sportsbeat After Hours. I am Hemahimuli Jr. Joining me, as always, is the digital deacon himself, Sean Walker. Hema, did you like that intro? Yeah, I did. Did it Did it bring back some fam- familiar uh, memories? Yeah, that's my little bro playing his ukulele. Uh, we featured him tonight on uh, our normal Sportsbeat Beat. Um, sports beat in hours sports beat at the appropriate time <clears throat> uh, and that voice you heard was Zach Haken the local lovable Canuck how you doing eh um, yeah guys another sports beat in the books my little brother was in this one so that was kind of nice a little change of pace oh, it was cool I think we had a great show we had a uh uh, guest anchor in guest anchor BYU TV Zone Spencer Linton yeah uh, which is kind of nice because tonight we're talking about BYU we're doing the BYU 2018 year in review yeah um it was been a, it's been a great year uh great in air quotes <laughs> <laughs> it's been a great year for some of the programs compared it's- to <laughs> certain other recent years. I would say sure. it's been a pretty good year in Provo. Yeah, 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 yeah. compared to 2017, sure. No, I agree. I mean, with the sports, let's be honest, with the sports that matter, it was kind of rough, but it's 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 on the up and up. It's better than it was last year. Um, yeah, I have a feeling we're going to talk about those things today. Um, luckily, we got Sean Walker and and Zach Hick in here. They they have uh, the connections uh, to BYU. I used to have a connection to BYU. Okay, Mr. Son of National Champion. (laughs) Yeah. But that was like a long, 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 long time ago. Fair enough. And uh, as of late, it's been rough being a BYU football. uh, Descendant? Legacy. Legacy (laughs) person? Yeah. It's been rough. But uh, this year, you know, we got Zach Wilson, and he took us to a bowl game. Yeah, he uh um I mean the the goal this year with BYU's schedule starting out was to go bowling because after finishing four and nine in twenty seventeen, a huge disappointment, sending out some of the best seniors in program um history, at least recent program history and Fred Warner and T John Karoma without being able to send them off going to a bowl game was a mm-hmm. huge disappointment. Yeah. Um and so the goal this year was to be able to get guys like um, Tanner Mangum, Sione Takitaki, Corbin Kafusi, um, guys that have been around for the program in the program a while, to set them off on the right note. Yeah. Um, and BYU accomplished that. Uh, it was when you started out looking at the season, um, when we did our season preview at KSL, um, we had a couple games that I, we, I think we all had BYU bowling Maybe going six and six, seven and five, right? Uh, end up seven and, um, excuse me, six and six. Yeah, six and, and six uh, and seven and, and six after a bowl game. Seven and six after the bowl game, but um, they picked up some unexpected wins. Yeah, 
I didn't think BYU would beat Arizona on the road to open the season. That was an impressive win, especially coming off of that 4-9 season. It was really impressive. Um, And then come back home, it got people excited for the Cal game. (laughs) Um, And that just completely fell flat on its face. I mean, it was was a close game. I think it was, what, a three-point game? But because BYU added a score in the final minute to make things interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, there was the, probably the highlight of the season for BYU fans, the Wisconsin game. Oh, absolutely. Um, the of the season. Which, at that point, Wisconsin's a team that's on uh, kind of the cusp of making the college football playoff. High expectations. Number six team in the country at the time. Mm-hmm. They were the favorite lead going into the season to win the Big Ten. Um, and BYU. Ohio who? <laughs> uh BYU did uh, um the game plan was great though and um kind of a ball control game plan which is what we kind of saw with Tanner Mangum this year and going and get that win and then all of a sudden the the cart was ahead of the horse and the expectations for BYU were like insurmountable. Yeah. Everyone's like, "Oh my goodness. BYU this is the year. This is the year. This yeah. is the year. Wow, Kalani Sataki's really turned things around." And um, playing so, an FCS opponent the next week didn't really help with that. Um, and then going into Washington and yeah, so just a completely crushing blow yeah. to any three and one, had. three and one going into that Washington game. I don't think game. anyone expected that. I think best case scenario, a lot of people were thinking two and two. Most people were expecting one and three though. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people that went into account with. Not many people thought Utah State would have the season it did. Yeah. Um, people not, had higher expectation for Utah. Yeah. I mean, I did. Yeah. Um, and people thought that BYU was going to beat, uh, like, Northern Illinois. So you swap right. some of the wins around. Um, kind of the same result, but it feels a little different just because BYU was able to get a big win over Wisconsin. I mean, mm-hmm. going in and beating a Big Ten program – a a team that has a great legacy, a great history at their house. At their house is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can cut it whatever way you want. The whole thing that kind of threw the blanket over top of it and put out the fire that, and any excitement, the thing that this season is going to be remembered by, is giving up a twenty-point lead oh, twice yeah. against Utah in the final game of the season in the last sixteen minutes of the game. And we were just downstairs talking about this with Spencer and Jeremiah about how. Um, after when there was uh, when BYU made it twenty seven to seven, got that twenty point lead back, yeah. and then a couple injuries happen, and Utah just begins marching. Mm-hmm. The air completely went out of the BYU sideline. Yeah. That stadium for Utah just <laughs> it was electric. I was there. The energy was unbelievable, and you everyone in the stadium knew that Utah was going to yeah. win that game at that moment. Um, and Kudos to them for coming back and digging deep. Uh, they had to do that a couple times this season for yeah. Utah. And, and we're not going to make this a Utah podcast, but sure. that is going to overshine a lot of the um, accomplishments that happened this season for BYU, which were, one, getting to a bowl game, getting what may be the best win, um, best road win at the moment um, in uh, yeah. in the independent era. Um and then uh, BYU got ranked in the top twenty-five for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. two so, weeks in the top twenty-five, and then just <clears throat> just really up and down season. Really weird. Yeah, uh, but BYU went to a bowl game. They, um, they beat uh, Western Michigan. 
Yeah. Uh, who, in, coincidentally, they played uh, Northern Illinois and beat Northern Illinois. Right. But I do, I do team. think BYU, towards the end of the season, was a different team than when it played Northern Illinois. I think so, too. Um, and that just came with the evolution. That was the second week of uh, after the quarterback change, which, uh, if we're going to kind of shift directions, our yeah. second biggest story that we saw with BYU happen this year was the quarterback battle, the quarterback controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, BYU picks up a guy who is a Utah legacy right. recruit who Utah kind of turns the shoulder toward, and um, he ends up at BYU, which his parents, he never thought would happen. He, really, he had no business being at BYU. No, there, there was no this way. This was such a fumble, and this is hindsight 2020. Sure. Utah gets its best recruit, ever, best quarterback recruit ever yeah. in Jack Tuttle. You want to keep him happy, keep him. Pull the mark. You don't ever want to let go of Jack. Um, right. And uh, <laughs> sorry, referencing a meme that Heaven and I made made a lot of that Utah was fans very upset. ill received. Um, people <laughs> like told us to like kill ourselves, right? And that, like, oh, it was. I thought it was funny. But. Yeah, it is funny because like you you look at the Jack Tuttle should have been the guy, probably the best quarterback to ever play at Utah, mm-hmm. and because he was there, Zach Wilson goes to BYU, and because. Uh, Things have ha- happened at Utah. Jack Tuttle takes off, and now Zach Wilson starts at BYU, and it's just it's just crazy how it all went down. Well, like the week leading up to that game of Zach Wilson returning to Rice Eccles, the stadium that he grew up watching games in. Yeah, he sat next to Kyle Whittingham's family. Um, his dad played in that stadium. You know, um, also like during the season when BYU wasn't playing, he was had, going to he games. was going to Utah. Yeah, games. he was going to Utah <laughs> games. Like I have no doubt in my mind that that family still. Supports the U, but I mean, blood's thicker than water. So sure. when it comes down to it, like half Zach's of that family support. does. Um, yeah, half the family. But <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I I just can't imagine how surreal that was for uh, his family to be. Th- yeah. Their son's the starting quarterback for BYU, the team that they grew up hating. Right. Um, and he had, a, by all accounts, a really good season. Yeah. Um, especially once the offense was able to make adjustments and kind of grow with him because. You know, the first half of the season, it's a ball control offense yeah. where um, BYU's just ch- kind of trying to play game manager, not really make big plays. But when he came in, uh, that Hawaii game that he came in, huge difference yeah. in the production. And um, granted, Hawaii wasn't a great opponent. We saw the struggles again the next week against Northern Illinois. But we saw Zach grow throughout the season. Uh-huh. Um kind of hitting a peak against Western Michigan where he goes 18 for 18, sets a school record for quarterback rating through four touchdowns. I mean, by all accounts, one of the best bowl performances in BYU history. Yeah, so Zach Wilson on the year finishes. I just want to put some numbers behind that. 1,578 passing yards, essentially starting half of a season. Right. 15 touchdowns to three interceptions, and then he ran for 221 and two scores, which is okay. It's not bad in half a year Yeah, for a pro-style quarterback, according to 247sports.com. Mm-hmm. He's not a pro-style quarterback. <laughs> I mean, um, and then like you said, Zach, I, I, I do feel like, like, uh, like Wilson's kind of overall quarterback play in his freshman season kind of it, – it, it, it was very roller coastery mm-hmm. um, up until that game 
in front of the bright lights of Hemahemuli's camera on the blue turf in Boise where he goes 18 for 18 for 317 yards and four touchdowns. And that was kind of the moment, I think, where I'm sure there were some BYU fans who thought they had something special uh, with this kid before. I remember standing in his basement when he committed to BYU thinking this is a really good get for BYU. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that moment in Boise in that cold air against Western Michigan was the moment BYU fans were like, all right, this kid's the future. Yeah, I, He's I legit the future. I completely agree. And I actually, and I remember like going to like the spring ball trainings and those practices or whatever and watching the quarterbacks play. And obviously Tanner was the starter then. Zach just looked like he had something a little extra. Uh, and so that led me to believe during the year, just like, when are we going to see this kid ball out? When are we going to see him you know, do what he does? And I think the bowl game was kind of a glimpse at – what he's capable of in controlling the game, like Zach said, it's a ball control offense. He controlled the offense, you know, ran it when we had to run it. He threw it when he had to throw it, completed all of his all of his throws. And, um, and maybe most importantly, he had receivers that got open, that made plays, that fought through some contact. Uh-huh. I mean, not a ton. It was a very young Western Michigan secondary, so that obviously helped. Yeah. But he had receivers who could go out and get the ball and weren't afraid to to kind of lay, lay it all out. Guys like Dylan Colley who realized, mm-hmm. hey, this is my last college game, so mm-hmm. what am I saving it for? And he also had some backs that could run the ball, you know, when when he needed to get some runs in. And, of course, we're talking about Tyler Algiers, the true <laughs> future of BYU football. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was great. Uh, the bowl game was great. It was just nice to end this season, um, on that win. Zach Wilson is a bright light for, for the Cougars. And, uh, I'm happy that, you know, he's going to stick around. So a couple quick stats really quick. Um, last, so if Zach had played the full season, just with his numbers, okay, would have thrown 30 touchdowns for 3000 yards. The last time. BYU quarterback surmounted that. 2009, Max Hall. Oh, wow. Yeah, the closest that um, anyone came was 2014. Taysom Hill Taysom. Threw, threw for 2,900 yards, and then um, Christian Stewart threw for 20, or excuse me, was it 2013 where Taysom threw for uh, 2,900 yards? 2014, Christian Stewart threw for 2,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, basically playing, I think, seven or eight games. Um, that was in yeah, that. about three quarters of the season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, C. Stu had a great season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a lot of promise. Shout for out to our favorite investment banker. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to C. Stu. Um, but yeah, the, just the, the, it, the future is exciting and it starts with Zach Wilson, but you look at the other players, the other freshmen, mm-hmm. um, on this team that had a really promising seasons, uh, you start up front with um, with James Empey and yeah. uh, uh, Christensen. Yeah, Brady. Christensen. Uh, Brady Christensen, uh, two freshman All American candidates. Dallin Holker at tight end um, had a really good season, uh, even though he was um, for a good portion of the season third or second string mm-hmm. um, behind MLP and uh, and Matt Bushman. Then you have guys like Dax Milne, um, Gunnar Romney. Uh, on defense, you have um, some young guns like Zach Daw, who's a sophomore, uh, Brackenell Backrew, who I believe mm-hmm. was a redshirt freshman, redshirt sophomore, could be wrong there. Um, Isaiah Kafusi, who you know was 
bald. He completely balled out when he uh, entered the starting lineup. He was a redshirt sophomore last year. Um, a lot of really young guys starting a lot I, of corners. I would call, I would call Isaiah fairly average for a Kafusi. For a Kafusi, <laughs> yeah. Um, tough to live up to that name, but he did a yeah. great job this season. Um uh, cornerback. Oh, um, sorry. oh yeah, Zach Katoa, Lopini Katoa had a great, yeah, had a great season, season by all accounts. Um, and uh, yeah, D'Angelo um, uh, Gunter um, and then Mandel, Jalen Vickers, who uh, showed some promise yeah. in the bowl game. Um, BYU has some players, um, and there are guys that are coming in that I think are going to be able to make an immediate impact. Um, guys like Chase Roberts uh, that can kind of help build what this team has rolling it's gonna be mm-hmm. tough next season you start out with i believe three of the first four games or four of the first five games are against p5 opponents uh utah open up the season usc tennessee um forgive me if i'm forgetting anyone else those are the three that came to the top of my head um without having anything in front of me but uh yeah i think zach wilson showed a lot of promise and there's a lot of things that byu fans can be excited for um which is saying something for uh one of the major sports that didn't really have a great season um while the other major sport um (laughs) didn't is just not they made history yeah they did make history First major BYU program to get hit with NCAA sanctions. Uh, I didn't know this before, but Sean, the men's volleyball program, got hit with sanctions, and there was the infamous (laughs) salt gate that happened in the past and with the BYU football program. Yeah, a couple of little things. I mean, men's volleyball did lose two scholarships, I think. Yeah, but these are the first major sanctions for an athletic program at BYU. And 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 by far, by far the worst, the most heavy-handed penalty handed down by the NCAA in BYU history. Yeah. Came against the men's basketball program and Nick Emery. You guys have all heard about it. You've all read about it. But uh, uh, just to recap, um, an NCAA investigation found that Emery received around $12,000 in impermissible benefits from alleged BYU boosters. Those included vacations, cash, meals, uh, golf, the free use of a car, a uh purported trip to Disneyland? No, Disney World. I always and get Universal Studios, I believe. So it's probably Disney World and Universal Studios. Um, yeah, Disneyland. Psh, go what's, big or go home. What's, what's, what's the one that has the Wizarding World of Harry Potter? Well, uh, the, there's one in L- LA and Orlando, so... Oh, oh, well, there we go. I have no idea. The well-traveled Hema Hemuli knows. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a very... Um, promising investigation on BYU's part. Nick Emery obviously did some things wrong. This also came during a really tough time in his life that we don't necessarily need to get into, but he did come out and and he admitted he'd been going through a divorce at the time. That's obviously got to be hard on anybody. Um, So I think we should give him a little bit of slack. Still, he did some some wrong things and BYU received a $5,000 fine. They lost a scholarship. They lost wins. And... As many as 47 wins that Nick Emery participated in over his first two years of college That's basketball. That's insane. Yeah. That's which, like... which uh, for context, uh, the University of North Carolina, 
which underwent a fairly recent academic scandal of ridiculous proportions. Sure. Tutors writing papers for, for athletes cheating. and fake everyone classes. cheating. Yeah, fake classes, fake majors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they lost like 15 games. Wow. We're striking from the record. Uh, <laughs> 15, not yeah. 50. One five. Yeah, it's it was in the teens. I know that it oh was it was in the teens. Wow. Yeah. So the joke floating around Twitter when BYU got blasted by the NCAA was that the Indianapolis organization was so upset with North Carolina that they penalized BYU with a forty-seven <laughs> game ban. And you know what? It's it's a learning lesson for BYU. You don't cooperate <laughs> with the man, right? With the guy trying to bring you down, because. That's what happens. Yeah, yeah. all self-reported, and I mean, it, unfortunately, it was part of now Dave Dave Rose's legacy that uh, he lost these wins, and um, he was close to I don't know exactly, or at least how some of them. BYU's to, going to appeal. I imagine yeah. they won't lose all forty-seven. Yeah, uh, on appeal, I don't know that for sure, but they're they're going to lose something for Dave Rose's sake and for his legacy and just where he's going to stand in the history of. Um, BYU basketball, I hope that they're able to get some of them back because he was close to passing the great Stan Watson all-time wins. Yeah. Um, and it kind of set him back a little bit. Probably, I think, what, he'd ha- now have to coach, like, th- two more seasons, Yeah, basically, I mean, at least two seasons. Um, beyond what he's projected to do. So, um, yeah. Coincidentally enough, he did just sign an extension. Yeah, he did. Mm? I think eh? it was announced, like, the day before that uh, the sanctions came through. But, yeah, yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with that. And um, I mean, I think the loss of a scholarship's fair, repaying the debts um, that uh, that Emory received. But I, I just and think two the years wins, probation and through two years probation. Um, but I do think that the wins just crossed the line, um, especially since it was all self-reported and BYU co- cooperated with investigations. Yeah. So, um, and then. Uh, one team that uh, is not going to have any wins taken away, as far as we know, is the BYU as as women's volleyball team. And boy, what a season they had! Uh, what how, they finished with thirty-two wins in the regular season. Sean, was that is my number off there? Seventeen and zero and at home, twenty-seven and one record in the regular, in the regular season. season. Twenty-seven and one, and then uh, with the. Uh, with the uh, NCAA tournament, what was that? Thirty and thirty and uh, that'd be two. Thirty, if my math is right, thirty-two and two. Okay, thirty-two and two. End. Yeah, really impressive <clears throat> season. Best season since that two thousand fourteen run where uh, BYU women's volleyball made the uh, NCAA championship game before falling to, I believe it was Texas. Penn State. Penn State. Excuse me. Beat Texas. Beat to Texas beat in the semifinals. To, get there yeah texas Um, never wants to play byu again in any sport yeah uh but we saw um just a really special season put together led by like ronnie jones perry mary lake um sean i'm not going to pretend that i know more about volleyball than you do so lindy haddock epich another senior that yeah you know the setter that really ran everything national freshman of the year heather knighting who by the way she coming back and where she's from where is she from Pleasant grove yeah pg town product Uh, National Coach of the Year, Heather Olmstead, who should be locked into BYU for a couple couple more years, um, at least under her current contract. And if I'm Tom Homo, I'm signing her to an extension ASAP. Lifetime contract. Lifetime contract. That's wow. what I'm talking about. 
uh, yeah, uh, phenomenal job by Heather Olmsted and her crew there, uh, making it to the final four. And I would argue, you bring up the 2014 season, Zach, uh, with this BYU women's volleyball team. I would argue that this season was more impressive than 2014. I, I would agree with that because that 2014 team, they entered the tournament unseated, um, and just kind of had put together a really nice run, um, led by, uh, Jessica Hampson, um, did I get her right name, first name right? Jen? Jennifer. Hampson? Sorry, Jennifer Hampson. I'm sorry, Jennifer. I just said Jessica. I apologize. Um, it's very late. Uh, but Jen Hampson, um, two sport All American, and Alexa Gray kind of led this great, um, uh, really special season that they had. But what BYU did during the regular season, only losing one match, which was the final match of the season, earning that home seed through the first couple rounds of the NCAA tournament. Um, really impressive. Yeah, and really shining a light on BYU as a volleyball school, Provo as a volleyball town. The atmosphere in the Smith House was second to none mm-hmm. this year. Um, three of the top five attendance numbers all time were set this year for that BYU women's volleyball team. So, uh, and, and there's a chance this train could keep rolling. I mean, uh, Mary Lake's going to be back for her senior year, arguably one of the best liberos in the nation, um, certainly up there. He- uh, Heather Knighting, like we mentioned before, she's, gonna, she's got three more years of eligibility left. BYU just signed another top 10 recruiting class nationally. I mean, this is a team that when you talk about consistent and dominant college volleyball programs, you know, you talk about the Stanfords, the Nebraskas, uh, Illinois come on strong lately, Michigan, Texas, um, Florida, one of the winning that's got the winningest coach all time. Uh, this is a team in BYU that is being mentioned with these programs mm-hmm. and deservedly so. Absolutely, I would say. Absolutely, I mean they're they're right up there. Maybe they're not better than these programs, but they're right up there with literally some of the best programs in the country. Yeah, and what they've done in the last couple of seasons is really impressive. So, shouts to them and uh, good luck in 2019. Yep, so uh, lots lots of stuff to be proud about if you're a Cougar fan. Um, and, you know, this is all good news. Uh, looking forward into the 2019 season in all sports. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, rise and shout, Cougs. There's a lot to look forward to. Um, well, thank you for listening to the uh, Sports Beat After Hours podcast. I am your host, Hema Himali Jr. The digital deacon himself is here with us, Sean Walker. Peace. And... The Cougar Insider, Zachary. (laughs) I'm no insider. Good night, guys. Go Tigers.